David Lynch cooking and just like, yeah, like David Lynch cooking would just be him taking cigarette butts out of an ashtray. Hey, roaches. I'm Toddy Tondera and welcome to my audio thrifting diary. I scour through secondhand items searching for vibrant vintage, useful unusuals, big budget bangers, trendy trinkets, cool collectibles, and good garbage. Each week, we curate a thrift haul, dive into the details, and record an episode based on our findings. I'm sentimentally attached to things you have forgotten. It's time to get thrifty. Hey, who said you could come in here? Welcome to the next and brand new edition of Thrifty. I'm your host, Toddy Tondera, and this is secondhand shopping for worm people. Uh, thank you for downloading the show. If you uh, have subscribed to the show, thank you. Um, so an important week coming up. Um, this is an important episode, but before that, uh, we have to get into some fun stuff and hopefully even more fun stuff. Um, in another week. So um, fortunately, uh, Thrifty had the opportunity to be nominated as uh, a possibility to win the Best Podcast in Pittsburgh Award via the City Paper. Um, this is our, uh, this episode will, uh, on the day of the episode, this will go up this Sunday. So you have till Wednesday to to vote. Um, so if you're listening to this uh, even longer than that, Unfortunately, you didn't have the opportunity to vote, but for those who are listening, if you want to go to bit.ly backslash thrifty2020, thrifty in all caps, 2020, bit.ly backslash thrifty2020, and you can vote for Thrifty for Best Podcast in Pittsburgh. Thank you. Um, And another big thank you and also a big welcome to uh, a guest to the show that hasn't been on the show for quite some time. In fact, he invited me into his home to record uh, with him on his equipment. So, yeah, that's probably why it sounds a little bit better. But uh, I'm with Brian Howe, a.k.a. Sykes. Hello, Internet. Sykes, buddy, um, thank you for dinner. Uh, you made a great dinner for me. You're very welcome, my friend. We're drinking, uh, I, I, well, I'm drinking a White Claw. I'm new to it. I know it's not a new drink. I've only been drinking them now for about a month. Oh. I've been hearing rumors. A pandemic discovery. A pandemic discovery is, yeah, I still like alcohol. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't drinking for a while. But um, So it's good to have a, a cold beverage with you. And it's also good to see your pretty face. Likewise. I, uh, your hair has gotten much longer. Oh, thank you. It looks you. beautiful. Thank you. And with you. that Ozzy Osbourne shirt, you look like you just came straight out of heavy metal parking lot. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, and uh, I I'm here for it. I it, well, I got the, the and and the shorts. Is that a an acid wash? What is that? What is that? What is that print? That wash my on the, shorts, that denim. My my denim shorts. My short denim shorts have an acid wash to Ooh, them. I was correct. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
and a little fray at the end because I, uh, yeah, I don't get out of the house anymore. So I want, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to, to wear some clothes. Um, so uh, about six or seven episodes ago, I had mentioned that I had this this shirt. This I'm wearing a purple Ozzy Osbourne tour shirt. Uh, Blizzard of Oz. It's pretty badass. It was my mom's, and I had said on the episode that unfortunately I had lost this shirt um, to, uh, yeah, uh, an old roommate of mine that accidentally had taken it. Um, well, I was sad that it was gone, and uh, well, I got it back now. Hell yeah! <laughs> so I have it. I have it back. So I'm in great spirits about that and decided to uh, wear it out of the house because I'm out of the house today. It looks great. Mm-hmm. We'll have to we'll, we can get a nice photo together so you can document that and we can document Hell our time. Hell yeah. Real quick, not yeah. to bogart your intro. I have no other intro. <laughs> but I also have a story of a shirt that was missing but had gotten returned to me throughout time. An ex Slam of it. mine Slam had it. a Paramore shirt of mine that I loved to death and I always wanted it back. And through time distance and just understanding and caring for you know each yeah. other as human beings yeah one day she just hit me up out of nowhere it's like hey i was cleaning out stuff and i found this paramore shirt that was yours do you want it back i was like hell yeah you're like i'm paramore still in the back. misery business baby <laughs> yeah, yes i want I it back yeah my shirt was from uh an ex as well too um but i just didn't want to put it on the spot but yeah for sure <laughs> i just <laughs> for sure like i hadn't had this shirt in years and then i was like here it is, and so I'm th- I'm very thankful that it, that I did get it back. But um, so you have? Do you still uh, that Paramore shirt that you got back? Does it still fit? Yeah, it could fit. Sick. It's, I know. I that have feeling. it in a bin downstairs. Uh-huh. So it's like, I I like the shirt still, but it's not necessarily something that I would wear. But you want now. it? Though? I just I wanted it to have it. Yes. Yeah. I have a whole. I mean, look around you. I have a whole bunch of stuff that I don't necessarily need but i like to have around and you've been in my living room which yeah. is kind of similar <laughs> but yeah we're recording in sykes studio and in sykes i was speaking about the best of pittsburgh sykes and the new violence uh you're it's it's nominated for best rap hip-hop band or performer for the city paper as well um for sure uh sykes and the new violence have played thriftathon which is uh yeah which was a lot of fun and it sucks because the pandemic we couldn't do one this summer. Um, your music is always super cool. Thank um, you. So definitely, yeah, I definitely uh, clicked the button for you. Um, and you have a, a new uh, music project coming up. It's called Some Faith the se- September 1st. Is that correct? Yeah, we're actually just putting out a single on September 1st. The single just, is out September 1st. It's going to be 1st. our debut single. The first time anybody has ever heard anything that we have done publicly putting it out September 1st if you're into dark wave synth pop new wave era store I don't know it's a it's a mixture of things you know I think like our influences are everything it's like Depeche Mode to Grimes to Nine Inch Nails all kind of thrown in a blender when I hear the name some faith it sounds sexy to me nice I, I enjoy sexy music I enjoy all kinds of music, but sexy music is definitely something it's, I do enjoy. So some faith reminds me of sexy music, so I could see it being that. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it has a it's it's been fun. This is the first music project that I've been in in a very long time where I'm not also doing vocals. I'm just handling music production, which is a lot of fun for me. 
and it's fun working with Indigo because Indigo is a super talented vocalist and really cool songwriter. So it's been fun so far, and I'm excited to share all of this stuff with the world because I think we did a really good job, and I think people will like it. So the new single out, September 1st. September 1st. You can pre-save it on Spotify and Bandcamp and everything now. You can just go to our website, which is somefaith666.com. Sick. Yeah. Sick. I, did you have to reserve that well in ahead? <laughs> We've actually... <laughs> or were you like, let's hope it's here? <laughs> well, we actually made all of the websites and everything. It's all been like bought for and paid since the beginning of the year. Our Hell first yeah. <laughs> show was actually supposed to be on April 1st. Well, April Fool's Day to you. Yeah. April yeah. Fool's Day to you. It's yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, we had we had like three or four shows booked throughout April, and we were planning on releasing stuff a little bit sooner. But thankfully, um, I'm glad that we didn't. I'm not glad that the pandemic happened, but I'm glad that we were able to take this extra six months to really prepare because everything sounds a million times better than it did then. Yeah, we have a, a, a pretty cool show today. Um, obviously... Sykes, uh, start the beat with Sykes. I've been on the show a few times. You've been on that. So a lot of thrifty listeners may know you from that. And uh, I even put in the notes, I consider you a friend. I consider you a friend <laughs> as well. Well, I had all these things like, oh, how could the listeners... How could the listeners know Sykes? And I was like, oh, Sykes from Greywalker. Sykes from Sykes and the New Violence. Start the beat with Sykes. And I said... My own friend. <laughs> My own friend is here. Yes. So um, so for Act 1, um, we're uh, as usual, we have a curated thrift haul for uh, something you've never seen before. Uh, so what we have today, we're going to take a look at some of uh, some mysterious movie content on VHS tapes and then some more familiar. And then with Act 2 today, uh, I've been working on a, a, a project... Uh, kind of quietly, be mostly because I don't know exactly what it's going to end up being at the end of the day. I'm just working through some things. But um, for Act 2 of this show, you will hear uh, part of my conversation with Ziggy Heim, who is a uh, Pittsburgh-based professional wrestler. And um, wrestling being one of my favorite things... I might dive into something like that, but I also recognize 110% that the world doesn't need another wrestling podcast. So I don't know what, what's going to happen, but I will say what I do know. I do have one interview so far, and Ziggy is an angel. I love Ziggy. <laughs> Ziggy is awesome. <laughs> and then for Act 3, uh, of course, Vintage versus Modern, and then the points we accumulated throughout the show, we see who wins. So... Without uh, further ado, let's jump into our first act, and that is something you've never seen before. Something you've never seen before. Something you've never seen at all. But it has always been at the core. Now, for new listeners to the show, something you've never seen before, we put together a curated thrift haul of items. Uh, we discuss all the items, and then we ask each other multiple choice answer questions. And if we're able to get that question right, we accumulate a point. We have two questions for each other, and then those points that we accumulated, we take to the next act to see who wins. So I'm going to start this one off with a banger. Um, a few weeks ago, we talked about on the show uh, some of uh, me and the cast's favorite films. 
Well, I wanted to continue that conversation, and I wanted to uh, bring some maybe Venn diagram content of Sykes and Toddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I I brought uh, my copy, which is was purchased secondhand, and I actually have two of these. Um, this is Twin Peaks Fire Walk with Me uh, from 1992, uh, obviously d- uh, directed by David Lynch. It was written by David Lynch and Robert Engels. And um, Twin Peaks was always a show. And when I say always, when I was like a little tiny ass baby nobody, my mom watched Twin Peaks. I have no idea why. Um, well, that Ozzy Osbourne shirt was your mom's too, right? See, I learned... The, the dots are connecting. Yeah. And, and, and it's weird because I remember my mom is somebody who just like wasn't interested in things. <laughs> Like, just, like, d- habitually didn't have, yeah. Um, but I, as I'm growing older, I understand I understand her a lot better. I understand her a lot better for sure. But when she was younger, Ozzy Osbourne and Twin Peaks. And guess what? My interests are Ozzy Osbourne and Twin Peaks. So, um, but uh, Twin Peaks, uh, for those of you uh, who aren't aware, it was a David Lynch-created series of a fictitious town called Twin Peaks. And then there was a surprise murder um, of a high school student named Laura Palmer. And uh, a lot of the show was Agent Dale Cooper, who was brought in to town to figure out who killed Laura Palmer and I know for uh, I know for one thing, obviously we talk spoilers on the show all the time. But for some reason, when I hear people talk about Twin Peaks content, uh, content they never say who the killer is, and I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I will not I will not spoil Twin Peaks for people who haven't seen Twin Peaks. But obviously, you probably have, or at this point, you're not gonna because there's no interest. But um, Fire Walk with Me. Uh, the first time I saw Firewalk with me, uh, the person I was dating in high school, we were at her family's cabin in the woods, and it was probably the best introduction to that film um, that I could I could think of. She was a lot smarter than me, and she's like, "We should watch this Twin Peaks, uh, yeah, Firewalk with me." And I was like, "That's weird. I remember my mom watching that." And so that's how then in high school I watched the film and then I watched the series and then obviously became a super fan of that. You know, I didn't watch Twin Peaks for a super duper long time um, for no particular reason. I was Mm -hmm. a David Lynch fan. My uncle actually took me to see Mulholland Drive in the theaters when it came out. I was like... 10 yeah i was really young and my uncle was a big movie fan i had seen other works that david lynch had done eraser head but i had never seen any twin peaks fast forward in life to maybe eight or nine years ago when i was ordering like a ton of records offline I ordered an album offline, and for whatever reason, the DVD for Firewalk With Me was packaged in okay. with the record. Uh-huh. And I'm sure you heard the name before. Yeah, I knew, yeah. I knew what it was, but yeah. I didn't order the DVD. Yeah. I still have it. Yeah. I have a DVD of Firewalk With Me that somebody just sent me. I don't remember what record I had bought, 
mm-hmm. that they sent it with, but it was just in there with the record. Okay. So I was like, well, I randomly got sent a copy of this, so I guess I'm going to watch it now. And then that that's about Here it. we are. Yeah. Here we are. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, so I had, when I was younger, I had seen Twin Peaks. I think it's in, in, in full, but obviously the amount of information that I picked up as a literal baby, very minimal. Um, so when I watched uh, Firewalk with me, and because this was the, it's a, it's the prequel. Side note. Yes. It was not Mulholland Drive. It was Lost Highway. Lost but, Highway but, you saw in the yes, theaters. But Mulholland Drive is another movie of David Lynch's that I have seen. But you did see yes. Lost Highway <laughs> yes. Lost Highway was the movie I was talking about. I apologize. Oh, no. Yeah. Sick. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, hey, I was like, fuck, that's not the right <laughs> Before I bury myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was definitely older than 10 when Mulholland Drive came I out. I thought so, but I was yeah. like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know timelines or life. Yeah. Um, but uh, so Firewalk With Me was the prequel movie to it. And the concept there is that the show itself was, yeah, based around the who killed uh, Laura Palmer. Firewalk With Me is the prequel showing her last week of her being alive up until her death. Um, so the film is more so like a horror film. Uh, the series, sure, absolutely, there's some horror elements, but yeah, there's a lot in the series, but the, the movie itself is, is a drastically different tone, and what I, because that was high school when I saw the movie, so I did like a Twin Peaks rewatch probably, yeah, probably around eight or nine years ago again, um, and I remembered a lot of it, but I thought that I knew who had killed Laura Palmer because I thought I remembered it from the film. So when I was watching Twin Peaks, I was watching the show and I thought that I knew who it was the whole time. And then at the end when yeah, when it was revealed what was what was actually going on, I didn't remember it like that. So I it felt like I was watching the whole thing <laughs> over, but I was glad cuz like yeah, cuz like that character would be would do a certain thing. I'm like, yeah, cuz yeah, they're the killer. They're, they're the killer. That's why they're doing that. And then when they weren't, I was like, "Whoa." So yeah, so that so that Tight. yeah that was kind of it, and uh, David Bowie. Uh, David Bowie actually plays uh, Agent Philip Jeffries in Firewalk with Me, and David Bowie was not in the TV series. Um, Kyle MacLachlan, who played Agent Dale Cooper in the series, was hesitant about returning for the movie. Um, reason being is there was no beef or anything. He didn't want to return to the movie because he didn't want to be typecasted as agent dale cooper so he just did a little sneak peek in the film because he just kind of wanted to yeah he just didn't want to be that one character and they announced that they were filming a prequel movie a month after the show's original cancellation which i think is also interesting because yeah it got canceled and then sure the film did bomb yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it did bomb but it was yeah i mean it's it's very obviously cult following now so everything's good but at the time yeah, it did bomb. Um, so I have I have my uh, first trivia, my first uh, thrifty trivia trivia question. Can for- I ask you a question real yes. quick? Just something I thought of. Yeah. So, you know, Twin Peaks didn't do well, but, you know, now, you know, three decades later, it's, it's a thing. It's a do thing. Do you think there's anything now that nobody gives a damn about that could possibly be the Twin Peaks of, you know, 2040. Oh, 
That is actually yeah, probably the best question that's going to be asked on the show this week. Um, see, uh, this has nothing to do with it, but something to do with it. Now, I watch, a, as I mentioned, I watch a lot of wrestling. And a few years ago, well, a few, I'd say like four at this point, four or five years ago, there was a wrestling promotion called Lucha Underground, and nobody watched it. And it was very soap opera-y, like um, characters would die. Mm, um, people, wow. Yeah, pe- there was murder. Drama. Drama. So what it was, it was basically a show with wrestling rather than a wrestling show. So it was really cool. I really liked it. Nobody watched it. And it was on the El Rey network, which nobody had. Okay. And it was the the show was so much money to produce that they just canned it eventually. But all of those superstars that they had there are big time in like one of the big promotions. Now, whether it be WWE or somewhere overseas or, you know, AEW, which is a, a newer promotion. So all those people who were in it are now very famous. So when I think about the Twin Peaks in wrestling, it's definitely Lucha Underground because that's definitely going to be what they're going to look at. But as as in the Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks, I don't know. My brain is not that big. Sure. Um, (laughs) Sure. So um, what would you think? Do you have maybe... Uh, you maybe have a guess of something that could be cool that could turn into... It's a lot harder because I think... like. TV series are so much more accepted and accessible now than I think they were in the 80s or 90s, you know, with Netflix and everything. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I, there's not many TV shows that I can think of that don't seem to have a cult following, even if it's, like, the smallest, most obscure thing. Mm-hmm. Everything has there's a, fandom. a following now. Mm-hmm. Because I think, like... You know, maybe starting in the 80s, the idea of having a fandom was starting to kind of become a thing. Mm-hmm. But you think, like, through, like, the 50s and 60s, 70s, like, being, like, a nerd was a thing, but it wasn't, like, a thing like it is now. Like, yeah. the idea of pop culture and well, what it means today. Well, a nerd was a nerd then. Yeah, Like, yeah. A ner- it was just, you didn't, there was no chance you wanted to be, really. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, now people have set this precedent of, like, oh, like, if I like something, I can really like something. You know, I could get the T-shirts and I could get the throw pillows and I could get the tattoo. I was about to and say the stu- tattoos. The stupid decal to put on the back of my car and all those things. Yeah. If I, you know, watch eight episodes of something and love it, I, it's there already. Yeah. So it might be a little bit harder, but who knows? Yeah, and especially with, uh, yeah, because everybody had to watch cable television to watch shows. So, like, it, it's, it's kind of hard to fall through the cracks if you have something absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's like harder in a lot of ways to create content that people watch because everyone's doing it, but it also is, there's more resources. So you're the, you kind of can, um, <laughs> you kind of can't like you could give it a go. Sure. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I, that's a good point. Yeah. I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head that could be that, but just in wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. Trivia. So I'm going to hit you with my first thrifty trivia trivia question, and it uh, it involves Twin Peaks. Now, um, David Lynch, he asked Cheryl Lee, who played Laura Palmer, to do what that made her faint on set. David Lynch asked 
uh, Cheryl Lee, who played Laura Palmer, okay. to do what that made her faint. Um, a, jump off a lake cabin roof. B, inhale the smoke of five cigarettes. C, hold her breath underwater for one minute. Or D, I made all three of those up, and it's none of the above. For so, some reason, I feel like the answer is D. None of the above, you think? I think. I'm leaning. So it again, might be C. I'm not entirely I'll, sure. I'll uh, tell you this. My, my my knowledge of Twin Peaks is very minimal, so it's hard for me to say. I don't think that you are the type of person who would just throw in a D, none of the above, on me. I might not D. I have D'd in the past on the show. <laughs> but, yeah, again. I'm going to go with C. You're going to go with C. Um, oh, hold her breath underwater. So, again, David Lynch asked Cheryl Lee, who, who played Laura Palmer, to do what that made her fade on set. A, jump off a lake cabin roof. B, inhale the, the smoke of five cigarettes. C, hold her breath underwater for one minute. D, none of the above. You said C, hold her breath underwater for one minute. The correct answer is B, inhale the smoke mm. of five cigarettes. And to uh, to your point, I only found out about this yesterday when I was doing a trivia okay, question. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't know how well known it was, but he had asked her to inhale five cigarettes at once, and she she fainted. <laughs> she fainted. Um, but hold her breath underwater. There's so much. Like, I don't know if you would faint if you held your breath underwater. I should have thought more about that. Maybe you would have passed out. The logistics sure. of it. I just yeah. Yeah. Um. But I thought that could be a good red herring. And thinking about David Lynch, the cigarette he, thing is so obvious. Yeah, but so is holding your breath underwater because all sure. it's like spooky, smoky, sexy. Yeah. Like uh-huh. you're gonna like he's gonna make you do some weird stuff. So I was like, well, all right. So I tricked you on that one. So you got um, me. No point there. But that was uh, Twin Peaks Firewalk with me again from 1992 on VHS. So that was my first. Uh, piece for the curated thrift haul, but you have a piece to offer. Yes, I do. So when you messaged me earlier today, the way that you had explained this and with the name of the segment, I was under the assumption that this was going to be VHS tapes that we have found thrift something you've but never, never watched. seen before, but have never yeah. watched. So uh-huh. I do have two VHS tapes here. Well, they're perfect. That I have never watched. Ooh. And the first one is a movie that I very well should have watched. And it may be surprising that I have never seen this. I don't know if you've ever seen it. But, and I don't even know what year this movie was from. So we're just going to roll with it. Oh, no, it's but fine. We're talking perfect. about Pamela Anderson in, in Barbed barb wire. wire. Okay. Have you ever seen this? I saw it when I was little and I shouldn't have. Not <laughs> Not I, as an adult, though. I have never seen this movie. I am not entirely sure what year it came out, but it's from the makers of Time Cop and The Mask. Uh-huh. Starring uh, Of Pamela, Jim Carrey fame. Yes. Starring Pamela Anderson Lee of Playboy and Baywatch fame. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I believe, you know, one of one of the one of the primary human beings on planet Earth to popularize the uh the, the breast, boob, the boob, the boob, <laughs> <Yeah>. the boob, <laughs> the ta-ta. Yeah. Yes. I, I, you know, I think that, um, there were, you know, there was an entire chain of restaurants with employees that cosplayed as Pamela Anderson Lee, basically called Hooters. Yeah. Um, so did a lot of good for the breast and also did a lot of bad. Yes. Just, but just by being a woman and being objectified. But this is a, a, 
it apparently seems to be a pretty wacky movie. And to be completely honest with you, this does seem really up my alley. Udo Kier's in it. Uh-huh. Uh, and it just seems like total trash. And uh, I, yeah. I, I love movies like this, especially like early 90s, total this trash. Script, this script, wild. The script is pretty wild. Um, I believe it may have been 1995 or six when this. That would make sense out. if that was so. Um, has as I said, like I saw how I saw like Twin Peaks as a kid. I watched a lot of media as a kid, not really Twin Peaks, but other media that I should have not been watching. That's like me seeing Lost Highway when yeah, I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, that was so. Uh, um, that was it, it. Was just a weird time because. I went to see, if you remember the film Striptease, my dad took me to the drive-in to see that when I was <laughs> Hell yeah. When I was a kid. He also showed me the film Barbed Wire with Pamela Anderson. I you know, since I have never seen this, uh -huh. I'm just going to read the back of the box. Yeah. For anybody For that, anybody who hasn't. Yes, and I'm not yes. familiar, it's been forever. Yes. Yeah, so Pamela Anderson Lee is Barbed Wire, the sexiest toughest woman in Steel Arbor, a city marked by chaos and crime, providing a home for a new kind of mercenary. So yes, this is, you yeah. know, girl power, yeah. female forward, superhero, pretty badass. If you've got a problem, barbed wire is the solution. She'll use any dangerous weapon, including her body, to take what she wants, crossing the line for no man until the day Axel Hood hits town. Axel yeah. Hood. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, there's some beef there. He's on a that? mission, and Barb is the only one who can get him out of town alive. Will Barb help the man who once betrayed her? There's only one thing you could be sure of. She can get anything you want for a price. Are you ready to pay? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I, I'm assuming you were, but if you weren't aware, yeah, Barb, Barb is her name. Yes. Um, Barbara Wire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> call me Barb. Um, I'm looking now. Uh, you, I remember. Do you remember like uh, that era of content too? With yeah, she was with Tommy Lee, and Tommy yeah, Lee was actually, wild. There's actually a, a song with them together on the soundtrack. Whoa, that's cool I'm that they got reading, along for yeah, a bit. Soundtrack featuring songs from Michael Hutchins, Tommy Lee of Motley Crue, featuring Pamela Anderson Lee, Salt and Peppa, Salt and Peppa, Meat rolled. Puppets. Johnette Napolitano. I'm not too sure who that person is, but yes. Sounds like it had quite a rock and roll and soundtrack. Yeah. Directed by David Hogan. How about soundtracks? Let's talk about soundtracks real quick. Remember soundtracks for movies and yeah. them being what you loved about the movie? Yeah, dude. Um, Got to think. Uh, Speaking of soundtracks and dudes, mm -hmm. we have Bill and Ted Face the Music coming out tomorrow night. Hell yeah. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, one of my favorite film soundtracks ever. So it's going to be a, a big day. Yeah, I'm big pretty day. excited for it. I remember liking Godzilla soundtrack. Mm. It had, it had uh, Green Day, uh, famous punk rock band Green Day. It had, uh, uh, at the time, I believe he went by P. Diddy or Puff Daddy. Oh, he, yeah. Sean Combs featuring... Uh, Sean Combs featuring Puff Daddy yeah. featuring P. Diddy. And he, he had Come With Me, which was on the... And had Jimmy Page. P. Oh, Diddy. P, yeah. P, P. Diddy featuring Jimmy Page, Come With Me, on the Godzilla soundtrack. Fucking sick. Fucking sick. But yeah, Barbed Wire, haven't seen his kit. And yeah, I maybe you should pop that in. 
once a, uh, if you ever get some time during the pandemic and yeah trying hey, hey maybe we'll watch it later mm-hmm. hell yeah oh yeah <laughs> uh, we are i yeah i should say that we i this was just a a part of it uh we just i hadn't seen people in forever so um sykes was like come over we'll have dinner i was like hell yeah and i was like well well since i'm doing that let's record and then you were like let's record my studio and i was like this is going to be a pretty chill night. So there's a movie coming up or some type yeah, of... Yeah, we're going to watch a movie. Yeah, um, when Sykes' partner Stacy comes back. So this is only the beginning. Yeah, maybe we'll watch Barbed Wire. It seems appropriate. I <laughs> yeah, don't have anything else cool. better to watch. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> so we, we can watch that. So you have a, a trivia question. Yes, I yes. do have a trivia question related to Barbed Wire. See even if I though, can get a point. Yes, even though I have not seen this movie, I have done some research, and I am very excited to watch this. Hell yeah. So... The opening wet strip in which Barb dances in a strip club with her breasts hanging out of her rubber dress while being sprayed with water was suggested by Pamela by Pamela Anderson Lee after she was inspired by the following thing. Okay. A, her previous experience on Baywatch. B, a nightmare she had. C, pressure from studio executives. Or D, none of the above. So Pamela Anderson, uh, opening scene of Barb Wire, um, boobs out for everybody to see, and who had, uh, what had uh, convinced her to, to, to do that? So you said A, Baywatch, mm-hmm. being on Baywatch. Um, what was B? B is a nightmare that she had. A nightmare that she had, or C, pressure from studio executives, or D, None of those. Um, those all seem likely, so I don't think it's going to be D. Um, Baywatch, I would assume, would provide someone some confidence. Um, I hope they were nice to them on the scene of Baywatch. But I think she was, yeah, that was, I don't know if Baywatch would be the reason. So it's either B or C. I mean, C, studio executives, yeah, that's to- like... I'm sure that was a part of it, even if it wasn't a part of it at some point. Um, or a nightmare. So either her nightmare or the uh, studio execs. Okay, you know what? I'm not much of an optimist, but I will say that it, she wasn't pressured into it. Uh, she saw it in a nightmare, Sykes. B. I'm going to go with B. All right. So the opening wet strip in which Barb dances in a strip club with her breasts hanging out of her rubber dress mm-hmm. while being sprayed with water was suggested by Pamela Anderson after she was inspired by B, a nightmare she had. Really? I got it right. A nightmare she Yay. had in which she was being sprayed with champagne while performing a nasty dance. That's a nightmare. And then the funny thing is there's also a little bit of sea sprinkled in here. David Hogan, the director who was under pressure to include more nudity, liked the idea and threw out the movie's original opening to include it. So it, I, there's always a little bit of C in everything. Uh-huh. We have learned, we have learned in the the entertainment industry that there's always a little bit of C in everything. <laughs> yes. So okay, so I, I I got that, I got that one. So um, yeah, point that, for you. Point for me. Very very cool pick. So we're going to hop into uh, my second find, and this is kind of um, specific to, I guess, uh, an era of rock music or um, 
punk music or whatever you want to identify it as was a big part of my middle school and high school culture, we're taking a look at Victory Records' Victory Video Collection from 2002 on VHS. This was released October 22nd in 2002. and um, That was the day before my birthday. Well, um, this was so yeah, you had it uh, for your birthday. <laughs> hey, you haven't gotten it as a as a gift, but uh, this uh, features videos from bands such as Thursday, Taking Back Sunday, Atreyu, Snapcase, Voodoo Glow Skulls, Catch Twenty Two, and more. Nice. Now, when I was growing up in 2002, this is the music I listened to. So this is a, a videotape of pretty much all the music I, I wanted to. And um, I would see adults in these uh, music videos. And I said, "That's uh, I want to be that cool one day. <laughs> um, never was, but still think about it. Uh -huh. um, but I grew up in that sort of uh, a screamo... Uh, metalcore, all that stuff. Now, did I subscribe to a lot of it? Not so much, but I was a part of it. <laughs> and yeah, you know, that whole scene, there was bands in that scene that I liked at the time. I liked Thursday. I still like Thursday, Thursday. honestly. I do too, yeah. Um, I liked Atreyu. I don't like Atreyu so much anymore. Thrice was another band from that era that I love Artist, now. Artists in the Ambulance. Album Rips. Yeah. It's a great record. Mm -hmm. And yeah, but... I was like, it was kind of like a weird sort of like dirty little secret. No taking back Sunday pun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, was that a taking back Sunday? That's uh, a taking back Sunday. All, right? all American rejects. All American rejects. Yeah. It's all the same, but that's another band. Yeah. Uh, thank you for being quick on that. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm a yeah. loser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like my brain, like when I think of all that stuff, cause that was like so much like the, the metal head and like the, the, underground hip-hop kid but like at that time i was really getting into making music and the more that i learned about making music i just started appreciating like everything like a good song's a good song so a good hook could get in you mm -hmm. so a lot of that stuff it was just catchy and fun you know what i mean it's like bubblegum punk yeah that's all it really was and uh i remember seeing a lot of that too in, in the early yeah and thursday still rips i still listen to thursday um there's there are some definite bands from that era that I yeah just never even liked then, but I knew they were big and apparent and around. But yeah, yeah. Thursday I, I I still listen to. Um, I I remember too uh, some of my like first uh, if you want to call them rock concerts were like of bands of that, and I was like holy shit, I think I want to. Yeah, I guess I'm gonna try this out. I'm gonna try this. See what <laughs> see what this does. Like, let's try to hide into the, hide in here. Yeah. Because I don't know where else I'm gonna go. So I kind of did that. Um, but I also liked hip hop too a lot too. But I was like, I probably could hide in here. Um, so yeah. So there was a lot of uh, uh, a lot of a lot of those bands that I I, I still listen to. Um, if you remember, and this uh, again the the show tapes in in Pittsburgh. So you remember venues such as Club Laga. Mm hmm. Um, and that's where I saw a lot of those types of shows at Club oh, yeah. Laga. Yeah, I, I definitely saw a Treyu at Club Laga. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw a brand new at Club Laga. Ooh. Yeah. Wow, so, okay. Yeah, the Deja Tour. You gotta assume that we were at You know who together. opened up for them? A very young Senses Fail. That's... <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. 
I'll say this. Uh, Buddy Nelson of Census Fail, um, he did like sad boy poetry back in the early 2000s. Loved it. So I, then I love Census Fail because they had like 187. They had Steven. They had all those like weird. Oh, yeah, that was my flag design was definitely Census Fail. Um, so Victory, Victory Records at the time kind of contained a lot of these bands and they were a record label from Chicago. Now, um, I, I believe they're still in existence, but that was like the height of victory yeah, records. Yeah, Victory records is, they're still crawling somehow. Yeah. I don't know who's on that label anymore, but they're still around. I checked into them because yeah, I wanted to know who is on that label these days. I'll be honest. I hadn't heard of a single band. Okay. Um, now I'm not saying that you don't really any- keep up with the current yeah, stuff, I yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not saying heads or tails of any of it. I'm just merely saying like I didn't, I didn't know any. You grew out of it. Um, you made it out. It's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some <laughs> of it, some of it. Some things you grow out. Some things you can't grow out of. Yeah. Um, but I have my second trivia question based on uh, Victory Records Hit here. Me. Uh, okay, so here we go. In 2006. There was a lawsuit filed against Victory Records by the band Hawthorne Heights. Why was this filed? Why were they suing Victory Records? If you remember the band Hawthorne Heights. I remember. How about that? Mm -hmm. Uh, A, breach of contract, and they owed them $75,000. B, filing trademark claims for properties that were created by Hawthorne Heights. Uh, or C, damaging the band's reputation and relationship to their fans. So again, why did they? Why did Why did Hawthorne Heights sue Victory Records in 2006? Is all of the above an option? <laughs> I'm sure all of them. I'm sure all of them. Um, but it's yeah, A, breach of contract. B, filing trademark claims for properties that weren't owned by them. Uh, C, damaging the band's reputation. Or D, nada. I made all of those up. I could have lied. I'm gonna go with A. A, breach of contract. Sure. Um, so while those three are probably all right, why they specifically sued them was for damaging the band's reputation and relationship oh, see. to their fans. Okay. Um, and this would kind of become a thing for Victory Records. <laughs> sure. Because there was just more, like, yeah, when you see different paragraphs where it says, like, controversy and all this and all on Wikipedia pages, you know it just continued. So whatever they did to Hawthorne Heights, it probably happened, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But unfortunately, uh, you did not get that one right. So I I still have a point. That's okay. Yeah. So you you have another mystery tape. I do have another mystery tape, and... Before we had started recording, I was made aware of the two tapes that you had, so I decided to kind of go with a similar thing. Hell yeah. And pick a tape that's more of a compilation. Mm-hmm. It's not a music compilation, but what I have is Creepy Classics, and it's a compilation of Vincent Price. Creepy Classics? Talking <laughs> about different movies. Oh, okay. I have not watched this since I bought it. To be fair, I bought this recently. Okay. I got this, so it's not like barbed wire, barbed wire, yeah. which I think I've probably had this VHS tape for close to a decade, and I've just never watched it. Mm-hmm. This I haven't even had for a year. But you'll cringe, you'll howl, you'll call for pizza. 
See, see Vincent Price introduce creepy classics. Feel the thrill of recognizing your favorite B movies. Hear the screams as you rewind the tape and play it again and again. Featuring screen gems such as The Blob, Night of the Living Dead, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Day of the Trifids, I Was a Teenage Werewolf, and more and more and more. And there's all these fun little tidbits that are on the tape. The interesting thing about this tape is that it actually has its own trivia quiz. It has its own trivia quiz. Yes, it does. We'd have to watch the tape to get it. <laughs> but, but there is some built in. 30 thrilling minutes of video and a trivia quiz to boo. To boo. To boo. Okay. So, yes. this Creepy classics. Yeah, and it, apparently it came with a trivia game card that is no longer contained in Rip. this case. Yeah. But, yes, it is a hauntingly hilarious video produced exclusively for Hallmark. Hallmark put that piece out? Hallmark put this out. So, he... Vincent Price got in bed with the Hallmark Corporation for a creepy classics. He sure did. Man, so I guess they pushed that with their Halloween trinkets. Yeah, I'm not entirely too sure what the origin of this tape is. That's kind of It's fun. from 1988. Oh, wow, that's older than I thought it was. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty vague as to what it is. It actually is. Maybe we'll have to pop this in later too. We could pop in that. Hey, that victory video thing. Every, as well. Everything, everything yeah. is lining Everything's up. On we the needed table. stuff to watch, and then we brought things to watch that we haven't seen or haven't seen in yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is pretty pretty vague. I don't know one hundred percent what this is, but to be honest, it sounds pretty badass. Yeah, that sounds. And safe. neither of us have seen it. No. Yeah, and that's this, good. This being put out by the Hallmark company or yeah. corporation is a perfect segue into my trivia question. Let's get the trivia question, baby. So my trivia question is based on Vincent Price, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Rip. And the reason why Hallmark plays into this is because many people may not know that there was actually a lighter side to Vincent Price. It was not all ghouls and goblins and ghosts. And he gave hugs. There's a lighter side <laughs> to Vincent Price. Yeah. So, I'm going to throw some things at you. Okay, okay. There was a series of things that Vincent Price did in his time on this planet. He released a series of things. Mm -hmm. Was it A, cooking books? Cooking books. B, musical recordings. Ooh. C, anti-drug propaganda videos? Anti-drug. Or D, none of the above? Yeah, Vincent Price was a cop? <laughs> um, okay, okay. Those all seem likely, but then none of them seem likely at the same time. Um, I don't know that he... Well, the anti-drug thing is warning me like an albatross because it is, it's sticking out. And I don't know if it's sticking out because it's intentionally made to stick out or that's what he did. Um, so I'm not going to... I'm not going to say... Um, cooking... Seems like more like a David Lynch thing. David Lynch cooking and just like, yeah, like. David Lynch cooking would just be him taking cigarette butts out of an ashtray. Well, funny enough. Well, funny enough. I don't know if it's still up there, but at some point there was a video of him cooking dinner on YouTube. 
And he, I can't remember what he was making, but it was like, yeah, it was a dark kitchen with that like light on the, and he was making something and then it was dark outside and he went out to have a cigarette and he was filming himself talking, smoking the cigarette, but it was way too dark. And he just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it was aesthetic choices or what, but it's just dark. And you just hear like David Lynch and Dave like, well, I sit out here and I see the coyote, you know, what, you know what I mean? Like. (laughs) I got a coyote I was patting, you know, whatever he's on about. And then he would go in and finish. So there is something like that. Okay. Um, and then B, what was B again? Musical recordings. Musical recordings. I feel like I would have heard about that. And maybe I did. <laughs> um, I think it's either B or C. I'm going to go, just because it's sticking out, I'm going to say there's anti-drug Vincent Price content C. That's what I will say. So... When discussing the lighter side of Vincent Price, lighter side, there are a number of cooking books published by Vincent Price, who was said to be an excellent gourmet chef. The majority of these books were written with his wife, and the success of these books led to Vincent Price's own cooking show. How? What did cooking price-wise with Vincent Price? It ran for six weeks. Six entire weeks. Yes. And that's I'm pre everything too. <laughs> yeah. What ah. So there is a Vincent Price cooking show out there that I was not aware of that I need to find. There's six episodes of it. Yes. Yikes. See <laughs> see that's what that's why we bring you back. That's why we bring you back on Thrifty for that type of content. So out of four questions, my friend, we have gotten one right. Um, So what we're going to do is we're going to take a trip into Act 2. And again, Act 2 today will be a a partial interview of me uh, interviewing uh, Ziggy Heim, which is a Pittsburgh-based professional wrestler about the current state of the business, intergender wrestling, a lot of other fun stuff. Um, So stay tuned for that. And we'll be back in Act 3 where we're going to try to get at least one more point on the board. This is Thrifty Podcast. Stay tuned. What could a guy such as myself as a wrestling fan do to be better, to be more supportive of women in wrestling? Use common sense. Use your ability to be a good person and really don't... I think a lot of the times fans can look at professional wrestlers, whether it be women, anyone in professional wrestling, as sort of like up on a pedestal and not really real in a way, like how you can look at really any celebrity. It's kind of easy to look at these people that are on a stage as like not on the same like human Mm -hmm. level. There's sort of like an invisible wall wall there that you see them, but they're kind of... There's a divide. So what I say doesn't really matter, which... Of course, I think people just need to remember that there's human beings there, no matter Mm -hmm. if you feel like they're on a pedestal or not, and to just use common sense. And I think that a lot of people have the notion that, like, how we're saying some people don't know better, some people don't understand. People have the notion that if they don't understand or they've done things wrong, that they can't go back. They can't, like 
turn that around and be like, oh, maybe me allowing this was wrong in the past. Maybe sure. I should learn more. People think that educating themselves is going to mean that they're like a hypocrite. And I think that that's just like a insane, terrible <laughs> stance to have in life about anything. That's like a terrible opinion. Yeah. No, that is how you grow as a human being. So mm -hmm. I think that just not being afraid to ask questions and understand the other side better. Yeah. Like I don't expect everyone to like intergender wrestling at first. I don't expect everyone to look at it and think that it's not jarring because I can't like absolutely empathize with people that do look at it and go, Oh, that's really weird. But I think in those cases you should look into it more and try and understand rather than be like, Oh, it's bad because obviously if it's happening on this level, it's, it's something that other I mean, it's like a con consensual matchup as well, exactly. too. I mean, you would hope so. It's but not like, like a guy just straight up punching a woman in the face. No, uh, which is disgusting. Which no yeah. one should do that ever. No. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I just, I think that it's something that a lot of, the biggest problem is people that put their two cents into things that they have like nothing to do with. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why don't you like ask a question to someone that does have something to do with it? Yeah. Whether... Like, if it's something that has to do with women in wrestling. Probably um, ask a woman. A queer person in wrestling. A black person in wrestling. If it's a question that you have that involves these people, just, like, you probably, can ask questions. Yeah, yeah. We probably want you to ask questions. I can understand that there's definitely, like, a notion to want to come at these people with fire and even I can sort of be guilty of that because a lot of time I think that we've worked so hard to be respected that when someone questions that it's really easy to take mm -hmm. it as like a to threat. think that they're on the opposing exactly. side of the coin and be like okay so this is absolutely yeah. it's really easy to like come at it with venom and I think that if you do ask questions, though, and I think if that becomes more normalized rather than you just being like, oh, this sucks, then that will make everything better for everyone. And, and that's how misogyny is born. Exactly. And that's how homophobia is born. Because you just don't. That's how racism is born. You're uneducated about it and don't want to learn more. And then, yeah, there's people. It's like if you come from a racist background or a homophobic background, you end up just sort of like going with it and feeling like you'll be a bad person if you change your mind. Like, oh, yeah. maybe this is wrong, but I still have to hate it because mm -hmm. like I hated it in the past. Like it's, that and, and, makes and no a, sense. Yeah. And it's a part of it is just like a bunch of dudes wanting to be their dad. Exactly. <laughs> like it's just exactly. like, well, I'm my like, dad would like, like, I don't care what your dad baby stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like Calm down, Tim in the MAGA hat. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like it's, it's just fine. I personally believe that if any person doesn't look back at, like, their 15-year-old self and want to punch them in the face, you have not grown enough as a person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We are all idiots when we're, like, growing up and maturing. And it's okay to look back and be like, oh, yeah, I was the worst back then. Mm -hmm. But... I can take pride in the fact that I am better now and yeah. I understand the world more now. Like it's okay if you look back and you're like, wow, I was a terrible human. Yeah. 
And like I we mean, were all little shits growing up. Yeah, I <laughs> no mean, there, there's absolutely some things that like cross the line, but it's also like it's fine to form different opinions as you learn and grow. Exactly, you should be doing that. That's like, like a normal human trait. I'm hoping everybody does exactly. that. And the fact that it's like you can't learn once you hit a certain age, and people don't want to educate themselves further. I'm like, what? Can't you? We all mature at different paces. You can learn now. And, and I have, and I have seen, and I have seen too. Um, even, even like friend groups that I've, yeah, again, teens, but like even friends, gr- friend groups that I grew up in, it was a lot that we all enjoyed watching wrestling, and we all thought that we were very progressive when we ca- when it came to uh, women's rights. But some of the people I would hang out with would always. Uh, like would always assume that they would be a better partner or boyfriend or husband to a woman that they would see on television or yeah. at a local show. They would just be like, Oh, why is she dating that guy? Like she deserves I'd treat him like a real man. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Like, and it's like, uh, we shouldn't be judging women on their spouses either because turns out it's, they're just another person. It's <laughs> yeah. I like, and I've seen that. I've that. seen that. I've been in those circles. I've heard those things. Absolutely. And, and it's like. I think everyone has. Like there's. We all know that one person that thinks that they're like more man than other people. Which is just like such a weirdo behavior. Because there's always a do. specific thing that makes you such a bigger man. Exactly. And... Back from break. Back with Sykes. Uh, start the beat with Sykes. A friendly podcast to this podcast, Thrifty. I am Toddy. And Sykes, in Act 1, we had four questions. We heard about some barbed wire. Mm. We heard about some creepy classics. Mm. Talked about screamo music. Mm. And also, not only David Lynch's Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, but also him cooking in the dark. This is the most millennial hour I've had in months. Yeah. Um, I was about to... It, it's the most our era thing, I think. <laughs> yes. I think that there there kind of is out there. So, um, without further ado, we have to, to, to wrap everything up today. We're going into Act 3, Vintage versus modern mm. vintage versus modern now for new listeners to the show vintage vintage versus modern we take a item from our curated thrift hall whether it be old or new we label that as modern or vintage and then on ebay.com the website we try to find its counterpart and then we ask each other which has a higher value so I have one point, so I have not much to wager, but I will, I'm going to put it on the line. So for my vintage versus modern, I'm going to put my one point on the line. So if I uh, get this correct, I will have three points. If I get this wrong, I don't have a single point. I don't mm. have any points. And then if you simply get one point, you have won the episode. You wow. could you could walk out of here with one point and the win today. So um, I have already wagered that. So that's already done. Okay. So let's see if you can get your question right, and then see if I can blow it. Hopefully not. All right. <laughs> All right. So um, we're going to use uh, uh, the Victory Video Collection from 2002 from Victory Records on VHS. Um, I wrote down the exact eBay descriptions. 
as what we'll be uh, using. Okay. So the vintage is various victory video collection volume two 2002 sealed. And it's this. Just so we're aware. The modern is uh, it's listed as victory records 2002 rare VD CD rare. It says rare twice and CD a VD CD in it. So it's a really strange. So is it list. not a DVD? Is it like that? That weird? Like is it like? Because I think that there was um, it wasn't big in America, but for some reason I think in maybe Europe or in like the PAL territories there was like a v, like a video CD format. I think Australia. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Um. So that that Ed, it is alongside that. So okay. I think it's in. You remember CDs? You would yeah. have a CD and then it have another thing. So that's a part of yeah, it. Yeah. I was wondering if that was even ever released on DVD. Well, um, it is, and it's double rare, apparently. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> it has rare in the thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, vintage versus modern. Which do you think has more value? I'm going to go with the vintage. The vintage. You're going with the VHS tape. Yes. What, if it's sealed, yeah. I'm going to go with the VHS tape. Um, what has you thinking that? Is it because of the seal? Just because punk collectors are weird about obscure formats and i don't know anybody that collects vcds though that's the problem yeah and um, lots of people collect vhs tapes two of them being us yes two, uh, we're yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah we have a lot yeah um yeah. yeah um i think like there is your uh where you live and where i live there are some things that are kind of similar in both <laughs> uh -huh. in both places and it is Action figures, VHS tapes, and just random weird movie stuff. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so you went vintage. Um, I will say the vintage, which was the that uh, VHS tape, um, it went for $8.51. <sighs> Sealed. Sealed. Oh, man. That's so how do you, do you feel confident about your pick? Not 100%. I don't. So this, uh, so eight dollars and fifty one cents is the vintage price point. So you would have to register a total lower than that to get the point. Yeah, I feel like that that VCD could have went for at least nine dollars. So the modern Victory Records two thousand two rare VDCD rare seven ninety nine. Oh, you shit. get a point. You yes. have tied me. Nice. And I have already put my point on the line. So if I get this wrong. You walk out of here with a victory in your first appearance on Thrifty in a long time with one point. A good old, you know, when you're watching a hockey game and the score is one zero and you're mad, but if you win, if your team won that, you're like, pretty good fucking defense tonight. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. This is this is what this could be for you. All right. Well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right. So, barbed wire, VHS, 1996, R-rated version. Sci-fi and fantasy, new, sealed. Okay, that's a pretty good listing. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, that that's that's the OG. That is... Yeah. Right there. This one mm -hmm. versus barbed wire, Blu-ray, Pamela Anderson, new. So basically, VHS versus Blu-ray... And I don't know if the punk fan base would be considered here because that's what you had said, like the VHS. It's weird formats are cool. Um, but fans of Pamela Anderson, to me, seems like they'd want to see her more so in Blu-ray than they would a VHS. 
just for some particular reasons, but I would say they do want to see the boobs in Blu-ray. Uh, <laughs> boobray. Boobray. Um, so barbed wire boobray. Um, I'm going to say modern on this one. I'm going to answer modern. Um, the modern one. And I'm just going to guess. I'm going to say the the modern's like $12.99 and the vintage is like $6.99. That's okay. what I'll go for. I don't know, but that's what I'll go for. Barbed wire, Blu-ray, Pamela Anderson new. $9.99. Oh, so that's a little bit different than my price point, but I could get it right if that VHS tape is lower than that. Barbed wire, VHS, 1996, R-rated version, sci-fi and fantasy, new sealed, mm-hmm. $13.90. Oh, no. Oh, no. So you invite me over, cook me dinner, record my show for me as a friend, and then beat me at my own game. So you did it. You won. I did it. I had Barb on my side. Yeah. <laughs> you had Barbara Wire <laughs> and Creepy Classics. So, um, yeah, so you take the you take the W. And, again, I want to uh, thank you for being a part of the show today. Um, uh, it's good to see people that I want to see and not strangers. Um, so that's great. Uh, and then hopefully if we ever make it through this pandemic, hopefully we could get some live stuff going again. Cause I mean, with our Pittsburgh podcast, with, uh, neon brainiacs, with ghoul on ghoul, with start the beat with thrifty, we kind of had a little, uh, a little, uh, uh, alliance there. A little gang. Yeah. A little gang, a little podcast gang. And I, yeah. d- I miss, I miss all of you for sure. I definitely miss all of you for sure, and um, I know that at this point all um, podcasts are recording, and we're all doing it our own different way right now. Um, I know pre-pandemic, Thrifty was a little different, but we're all kind of trying to find something that's safe um, for all of us and just kind of work our way through it. But I do want to give a shout-out to our uh, thrifty sponsor, Commonwealth Press, cwpress.com. Right now, if you order 50 shirts, you get 12 for free if you use the promo code thrifty or thrifty podcast. And uh, Commonwealth Press, they started off as a DIY business, uh, printing business in the basement in the south side of Pittsburgh, and now they print T-shirts. They print on beer koozies. They have stickers, bumper stickers, all cool kinds of stuff. That's cwpress.com. And also, Steve Barris at Bluffs, bluffs.bandcamp.com. Alternate reality, the theme to our show for many reasons, and also something you've never seen before, the theme to Act 1. So that's all the plugs. Um, We talked about uh, some of the uh, stuff that you have coming up with Some Faith. You have a single coming out September 1st. Um, yeah, Sykes and the New Violence, also opportunity to vote for them for, uh, uh, for best of. Is there anything else that I'm missing from the life of Sykes to add into that? I mean, there's plenty of new Sykes and the New Violence material coming out since, uh, the start of the pandemic. We have released three new songs and we have nine more to go with that that will be coming out very, very soon. There's no release date or anything. We're still finishing things up, but this year, 100%, there will be a new album. Hell yeah! yeah. And and you're, uh, it for those folks who may or may or may not have seen some Sykes content. Your videos are hard as hell. <laughs> like I love them. You're like you're super talented. I always say your work work ethic is, yeah, it's admirable for sure. Thank you. Um, and for everybody else, um, I guess you only have one thing to do. Get roached. Yeah!